Last week, we began discussing the Bracha Emet V'Yatziv, and we looked at the history of it, uh, we looked a little bit at the Nusach, and to recap, there's about three general theories as to who exactly wrote Emet V'Yatziv. <laughs> One of the theories is that um, it was the Anshei Knesset you know, in the time of Ezra Sofer, when they wrote Shmon Esrei, they also wrote Emet V'yatziv, and that's a very easy uh, theory to throw out, but at the same time, it's also very hard to prove. Another theory that was that was, that was was uh, put out was that it was the Chachamim of Yavne. Also, when they were editing Shmon Esrei and canonizing it, there was a whole exchange between them and Chachamim in, in Bavel. Um, you should just, anyone who's listening to the recording can go back to the previous shiur to uh, see the details on that. And another, there was another uh, story that involved the Chachamim of Eretz Yisrael, that they had a question that there was a plague happening, and this was also an Igeret, a letter that was sent to them to help them uh, end this plague for accepting Me'abrachot. Now, I actually have to uh, just add something in. I, I did not see this last week. I saw it many weeks ago, and I forgot about it. Um, the Seder Hayom, which was written a lot later than the Rishonim, was written in the 15th century, um, or at least the Rishonim that speak about this. He has something that he heard, Another, just to add another historical theory. His his story that he heard for who wrote Emet V'yatziv was that when Ezra HaSofer, which is already in the time of the beginning of the second Beit HaMikdash, very long time ago. When Ezra HaSofer was bringing the Jews back from Bavel Territ Yisrael to build the second Beit HaMikdash, he sent out messengers to faraway lands to try to bring the Jews back. Besides Bavel, there were people in Egypt, people in Morocco, there were Jews all over. So a lot of them refused to come back. And their, and their um, what's the word? Their, their claim was, we know the Beit HaMikdash is just going to get destroyed again. Somehow they knew. Uh, whether it was political, whether it was just factual, it's going to get destroyed again. So why are we going to come all the way back just to be to get to go into Galut again? So they politely declined, and so they sent to Ezra Hasofer this tefillah uh, emet v'yatziv to kind of not only offer the tefillah to be added in the prayers, but also to show that they were a God-fearing community and that they weren't nobodies. Like, we can write a tefillah like this. Torah does exist outside of Eretz Yisrael, and so don't worry, we got this. His, uh, his, he said, I also heard that it was the community of Tulitola. And I never heard of Tulitola. My ancient geography is not very good. Um, if he, uh, if maybe he means Toledo. Uh, that would be out in Spain, but I'm not, I'm not really familiar with which community he means. Could be an Arabic word. It could be a Spanish word. I'm not sure, but that's yet another theory for who wrote it. Now, the 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 antiquity of this tefillah is obviously clear. Um, it says so in the Mishnah that they said it in the Beit Hamikdash, and the Gemara says that the, that it's built off the pasuk of Lahagid Baboker Chastecha VeMonatacha BeLeilot. Right, Emet Viatziv that we say in the morning is Lahagid Baboker Chastecha to speak of God's greatness in the morning. And the emunah, the faithfulness that we have by night, is emet v'emunah that we say at night. So in the morning, we're praising Hashem, and at night, we're, we're speaking about our bitachon. So there's also, we saw three different theories about this. We saw one theory that it's uh, the morning we're speaking about, um, uh, let me remember, Yitziat uh, Mitzrayim. And at night, we're talking about the Gula Ha'atid, because we're having faith for the Gula Ha'atid. 
Then we saw another theory that the morning is, we're speaking about the Galut in general, and at night we're speaking about Biat Mashiach. And another theory that at night we're entrusting our Neshamot to Hashem, and in the morning we thank Hashem by saying Emet V'yatziv, that Hashem was true and certain, that He returned to us the same Neshama, and we didn't uh, expire in our sleep. So that's the, the other, the last uh, idea for what the Hagid Babakar Chastecha is and what the theme of Emet V'yatziv is. So tonight we're going to have to look a little bit more at the text itself um, and to understand why the text contains what it what it contains throughout Emet V'yatziv and through Ezra Tabotenu. So in general, I don't actually like the term Misadre uh, Hatfila. People say this very often. The Misadre Hatfila, when the, the Mitakne Hatfila, they say like the people who made the Siddur, the people who wrote the Siddur, I really don't like that term because it, it kind of insinuates that there was a group of people who came together with intent to craft the Siddur as we know it. And that's very misleading because the Siddur as we know it evolved in many different complicated ways and came together in, in many different complicated ways. Um, however, there is some form of accuracy to that because especially when it comes to, to the Brachot of Kriyat Shema and to the, and to the Shemona Esrei, certain tefillot did have intent. Certain tefillot did have a uh, deliberate uh, authorship and a deliberate, uh, uh, what's the word? A deliberate intent to how they were written and where they were, they were written and why. Other parts of the tefillah kind of came together, but this is one of those parts of the tefillah which was definitely intentionally written. Now, in the time of the Amoraim and in the time of the Tanaim, especially in the time of the Beit Mikdash, there were still pe- most of the people were still on the level to edit or to add to the tefillah as they saw fit. Right? If they wanted to add more things into Emet Tzviatziv because they were feeling that way that day, or because they felt the need ar- arose, they would. And it's evident from many, many places in the, in the Gemara that the Shliach Tzibur would add things as the time was appropriate. The Gemara in the Yerushalmi says that by Emet Tzviatziv, we have to say, we have to mention five topics. We see this by Berkat Amazon as well. The Gemara in Brachot says this. The, 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 what's Me'akev, the, the important thing is that these topics should be mentioned, exactly how they're mentioned, and the exact Nusach is not important, but as long as they are mentioned. So the Gemara in Yushami says there are five topics. Um, those five topics are Yitziat Nisraim, Kriyat Yamsuf, Makat Bechorim, and Tzur Yisrael V'Goalo. I'm sorry, it's, yeah, five, basically. Yitziat um, Nisraim is one, Kriyat Yamsuf is two, Bakat Bechorim is three, Tzur Yisrael is possibly four, and then V'Goalo is Smichut Kulal Tefillah. So that's very concise. It, at least it tells us that the Nusach was discretionary. But there's actually a Midrash which goes a little bit further. The Midrash in Shemot Rabbah, of Chafbet Amud, uh, yeah, Parasha Chafbet, uh, number Gimel, says why these things are important. Our rabbis learned HaKoret Shema, a person who reads Shema afterwards, Sarich Lehachskir, he has to remember Kriyat Yamsufu Makat Bechorim Vemet Vyatziv. He has to remember these two episodes, the Makat Bechorim and the splitting of the Yamsuf. And if he doesn't remember to, to, to mention them, we don't make him go back. In other words, it's not Ma'akev. But if he doesn't remember Yitziat Nisraim, we do make him go back. That you have a chiyuv every day to, to, to remember Yitziat Nisraim. Why is Yitziat Nisraim more important that we would make him go back if he doesn't say it? Because Yitziat Nisraim was more of a 
not a metaphorically, not metaphorically, as it were, Kaviachol, it says that it was a more difficult thing for God to accomplish. Kaviachol, it was a greater deal. That the Yitziat Misraim was more of an impressive feat than Kriyat Yamsusha. Yitziat Misraim Ketiv, by Yitziat Misraim, it says, Anochi Hashem Lokecha, I am Hashem your God. But by Kriyat Yamsuf, but by Kriyat Yamsuf, Hashem didn't have to explicitly say his name. Why do we have to say Kriyat Yamsuf by Emet Vyatziv? Haminu bo, because when Hashem split the Yamsu for Bnei Israel, that's when they believed in Him. Shenemar, as the pasuk says, we say it every day. And because of the faith that they then had in Hashem, Shehaminu zachul amar shira. For because of that, they were zocher to say shira to, to sing praise to Hashem. And because they said shira, shchina came upon them. They, they the shchina rested upon them. Shechen ketiv achrav, because it says az yashir Moshe. And because of this, a person has to, to approximate or juxtapose Gula Latvila, just like we end the Zartavotenu by speaking about Gula. Just as they uh, juxtaposed song after the faith and after the Kriya. Um, okay, fine. So the idea is here that first, obviously, the idea of Shira is that we lift ourselves up. You know, music can bring us higher than a previous uh, place where we were. If you're if you're depressed, you listen to music; it raises you up. So, music or shira song, in general, is a way to lift us up higher. So, when they encountered, um, when they encountered divinity at the Amsuf, they said shira to raise themselves higher because they said shira. Um, I'm sorry, because they first they believed they had a munah, they saw divinity. Then they said shira, and from shira. They, they were zochet to have a shechina. Uh, they, they, they rose up and they had a, the shechina rest on them. And from because they had the shechina rest on them, therefore we have to be somech gula letfilah. What does that mean? That means that once we draw the shechina to us, um, then Hashem will come to us. Meaning we have to approach the door and then the king will open the door. You can't approach the door and then run away before the king opens it. That's what we have to, we have to focus on. First get as close as we can to Hashem and before we ask Hashem for any requests. Okay, so the tefillah begins with the word emet. And so as we saw before, the Pasuk says in your Miyava, Hashem Elohim Emet. And Hashem, our God, is truth, is truthful, or is, is Emet. We discussed a little bit previously what that means, how the Rambam builds upon that, that, that the idea of Emet is, is a foundational concept of the entire Torah, that, Hashem, that Hashem's existence is a paramount belief, a theological belief. Um, we also saw that that the, one of the reasons that we have to say Amet after we, we say Hashem Elokechem is because the name Amet is a name of Hashem. It's one of the names of Hashem, as as is, is evident in many places. So the Mefarshim over here on Tefillah they also refer to a Gemaran Shabbat. The Gemaran Shabbat, as I have on the sheet over here, says that Chotamo Shel Hakadosh Baruch Hu Emet. The Gemara says that the seal. Hashem's like stamp or seal of approval is emet, the word emet. And Rashi says, why is the stamp or the seal of Hashem emet? What does it mean that the stamp or the seal of Hashem is emet? Rashi says, emtsa'it le'otyot, that the words aleph, mem, and taf, aleph is the first, taf is the last, mem is the middle. 
So emtsiot lotiot v'rishon achron al shem ani rishon v'ani achron v'ani hu. Because the first letter, middle letter, and last letter of the alf, of the aleph bet is emet, Hashem is saying, I was. But the word emet represents that Hashem was first, Hashem was last, and I and I shall always be, and I am, I am He. In other words, I am who I am, and I am I am because I am. That represents emet. Represents Hashem's uh, essence. The Chotamoshel Hakadosh Baruch Hu Emet. That Gemara is in reference to a pasuk in, in Yecheskel of the taf on the forehead of, of the of the tzaddikim. So now, the Rabbeinu Bachya in the beginning of of his sefer called Kada Kemach has and it has a chapter on Emunah. It's alphabetical, and in the time of the Rishonim, uh, Emunah was a hot topic theologically and. He speaks about what the mitzvah of emunah is. And he says that the mitzvah of emunah is to believe that Hashem exists and that Hashem is one and that Hashem is mashkiach and all the typical things that we're familiar with when we speak about faith with Hashem, faith of Hashem. But then he takes a sh- pretty sharp turn, um, only a few paragraphs in. And to us this would seem very surprising, but in his own system, his own theological system, it makes a lot of sense. He says that an offshoot of the mitzvah of emunah and a very, not really an offshoot, but a component and a very important component of the mitzvah v'emunah is that a person him, himself should be a trustworthy individual. A person himself has to be the kind of person who clings and binds himself to truth. The, a person has to see a value and he has to see, uh, has to have an attraction to truth. Once a person binds himself to truth and all he wants to do is be true and feel true and he wants to, all of his words to be truthful, he will then bind himself to Hashem and he will naturally seek Hashem which is the ultimate truth in the um, and this has its, its obviously its, its its own implications for 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 how he understands uh, how he understands divinity and how he understands what Hashem is and what the essence of Hashem is and how that relates to Emet but it's obviously far 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 out of scope to discuss exactly uh, we, we we definitely won't discuss the essence of Hashem but the uh, we, we can't relate to the essence but their understanding of how we we relate to the essence is one of Emet of truthfulness and of revelation. So now the Sefer Karim also, which is not from Rabbeinu Bache ben Asher, uh, who was a Mikubal, rather from from one of the from Yosef uh, Albo, if I remember correctly, um, is a work of philosophy, Jewish uh, theology. And in the Sefer Karim, he the, the I, I'm sorry, I I, I, I skipped over. And in, in the in the Kada Kemach, he he brings he brings this this term also Chotamoshel Kadosh Baruch Emet. And he says this is why every day we ha- because the seal of Hashem is truth. This is why every day we have to say Emet Biatziv in order to reinforce this in our minds. And in the Sefer Karim, he also brings this idea of Chotamoshel Kadosh Baruch Emet and how we have to say Emet Biatziv every day. But he goes into a philosophical kind of. Uh, uh, discourse about what emet is and what true truth is and what truth is relative to human beings and what truth is relative to Hashem. And to make a long story short, he describes truth as necessary existence. For example, there are some things that exist only because other things exist. And some things are true um, independent of whether or not we think they're true. Right? Some things, for example, if someone... If someone saw something and he thought that uh, one of his examples is if Ruvain sees uh, Levi kill Shimon and he thought it was Levi but it was actually Ruvain, uh, sorry, it was actually uh, Yehuda, 
then it doesn't matter what he thought he saw. The truth is going to be the truth independent of what he saw. So certain, certain things are true independent of the perceiver. Certain things are true independent of the receiver. They're all different levels of truth. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, we, we don't pronounce the word, but I, I shall be what I shall be. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was at the burning bush, was afraid that perhaps he was speaking to a malach. Perhaps he was speaking to a pow, a function of Hashem that wasn't Hashem himself. And when it's just a function of Hashem, maybe that function was going to be recalled. Maybe Hashem today was going to say, okay, I need to redeem the Jewish people. But tomorrow he's going to say no. Therefore, Hashem said no. I exist because I exist. In other words, it's, a total, it's, it, it's not a simple totology. It's not a simple rhetorical term. What he's saying is, I have independent existence. My existence is not, I am not a malach whose existence uh, uh, depends solely on the existence of Hashem. My existence is truly independent and it's what's called in, in, in philosophy a necessary existence. Fine. So that's how he understands the word uh, emet and that's how he understands the term the seal of Hashem is truth because this is what identifies something as being truly godly is something which has its own independent and necessary existence. So the Mikubalin here in Emet V'yatziv fascinatingly also reference this pasuk of Ekiah Asher but they don't reference it for the same reasons. They say that Ekiah times Ekiah, which is 21 times 21, is 441, which is Emet, which is the same Gematria of Emet. And for, for and this is not obviously their main point. The main point of the Shara Kavanot, etc., and all, all the Mikubalim who speak about this is that there are Kavanot which are to be had during, during saying Amet V'yatziv, during certain words, and Eke Asher Eke represents some of those Shemot HaKdoshim which a person should meditate on. But again, that's completely out of scope and I don't understand any of it, to be honest. So the Share Ora, um, which is an early work on Kabbalah, he says that the... Oh, and we, we, I'm only bringing this because we brought this before. Um, we said in a, in a previous shiur that, that uh, this entire section of Emet V'yatziv is in something called Heichal Haratzon. It's in the chamber of what's called Chamber Haratzon in, in the world of Bria. One of the Heichalot is Heichal Haratzon. And Heichal Haratzon, its essence is from the Sphira called Tiferet. And the Shari Ora, he, he brings that Tiferet is also known as Emet. It's known as as truth, and he says, "Why is it known as truth?" He also brings us this idea of Aleph to Mem to Taf. We know that Tiferet stands in the middle of Chesed and Gvura, right? You have uh, loving kindness on one one side, and you have uh, Din. Let's call it let's call it judgment on the other. So Tiferet stands in the middle. It's a harmony of the two. So when a person stands before judgment for Hashem, he says that the Otiot. The, the letters, I guess, he, I guess he means the Malachim, but I don't really understand what he means. It says, from Aleph to Mem stand on one side, and the, and the Otiot from Mem to Taf stand on the other side to judge a person. Hashem, Paskins, Hashem rules to the middle. To the Mem, Hashem, Hashem is Emet, Hashem always judges a person with Bidiktuk and with exactitude. That is what, why, that is why, uh, one, that is an abstract reason for what, for, for why Tiferet is called Emet. And that's why it says, Because that's Hashem's seal. When Hashem is posek, when Hashem rules on something, <clears throat> um, He rules on it, Be'emet, He rules on it with a harmony of judgment and, and loving kindness. So now, <clears throat> these six, these uh, terms, Emet, V'yatziv, 
Rav Schwab points out that these are not 16 expressions. These are eight pairs of two expressions, right? These are eight times two. If we count the word emet, which most people do, as part of the tefillah, emet v'yatsiv, menachon v'kayam v'yashar v'ahuv. So we're just going to go through them one by one. Um, and he points out, some, or Shua points out something brilliant, that emet v'yatsiv, every single one of these pairs, the first word is is demonstrating, is, is a description, I'm sorry, is a description of Hashem, uh, of, the, of this teaching of Shema Yisrael, it's a description of this teaching of Yehud. One is Benigla and one is Behestar Panim. So Emet is in Lashon HaKodesh. Viatziv is in Aramaic. One is Benigla, that Hashem is true. Viatziv is in Aramaic, and Aramaic is Targum. Targum is Behestar Panim. You have Vinachon, and it's correct. Vikayam. So on one hand, we could see that the teaching of Hashem is correct. When, when we have Gilui Shechina, when, when we have Revelation, we could see how it's correct. But when we don't, Kayam is enduring and everlasting. Vyashar, we could see how it's upright, but when we don't have Giloy Shechina, Vineman, then it's trustworthy, it is, it is, uh, it is faithful. Vyahuv, and it is beloved, when we see Hashem's Giloy, then we, we're Hashem's beloved. But Vichaviv, but it's only cherished and endeared when we have Hester Panim. Nechmad, Vinaim is the same, one is desirable, the other is just pleasant. Noraz, powerful, Adir, uh, I'm sorry, Noraz, awesome, Adir is powerful. Mitukan is established, when we have Giloy, that's Mitukan, is established. When we don't, when we have Hester Panim, Mikubal, it is only, it is only accepted. Vitov, and it is good, that's the in, in, in the inner quality of, of Yichud. And then at the externality, Viafeh, it is beautiful. And we only have Hester Panim. Hadavar Zalenu Lo Alam Va'ed. So that's that's how he how he learns those sixteen in this famously in the Sidur Magid Sadak, and this is famous because in the Sidur Osar Tfilot, he brings that he told this to the Gra and the Gra really liked this, that each one of these uh, expressions represents another one of the Pesukim of Kriyachima. Emet refers to Shema Yisrael Shemakina Shemachad. There are sixteen Pesukim in Kriyachima, and there's sixteen expressions here in Emet Viatziv. Emet is for the first pasuk of Shema Yisrael Shemakinu Shemachad. Viatziv is Aramaic because we say Baruch Shem Kvod Malchut Olamved quietly. B'chol Avavecha represents Vinachon because the pasuk pasuk says Hachinoti et Levavi. I think Hasher Hachinoti et Levavi. And he goes through every single one about, and he brings the pasuk for each one how it how it directly correlates to each pasuk. We don't have time to go through all the sixteen, but he he brings uh, how each pasuk. Is establishing being a kiyum for one of those uh, pesukim. Now, we will see. We see here that there, although there are sixteen expressions, there's also fifteen vavs which link those sixteen expressions from emet v'yatsi v'nachon v'kayam v'yashar. So, vav is a very typical uh, letter to use in the hechal aratzon because vav six. Is representative of the Sfirah of Teferet. The Sfirah of Teferet is the center of the of a, of a configuration of six Sfirot. So very often, when it comes to the Hechal, when it, when we speak of Teferet, we speak of a Vav. It's uh, in the Shem Hashem of Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey. Vav represents the Sheish Ketuvot, the, the the six Sfirot before Malchut, and those the center of those is Teferet, and therefore the Vav is is represented highly in in Vyatziv. Um, in Rabbeinu Bachia, in uh, Shemot Chafhei Zayin, he discusses here the um, uh, the the sod of of 
15. So why is there 15 vavs here? So he says that the pasuk says Bika Hashem Alamin. That with the with the name Yorhe Hashem created worlds. Bika Hashem Alamin. So this is a kabbalistic idea which we spoke a little bit about once during Kaddish. That that there's uh, two higher there's higher levels of creation and there's lower lower levels of creation and there's higher levels of revelation and lower levels of revelation. And so the, the number 15 represents 15 higher levels of revelation, whatever that means Kabbalistically. He also says that this, these 15 higher levels, these 15 higher levels, Yud and He of the higher worlds, are directly corresponding to the 15 Rakiyas. There's seven Rakiyas, seven Rakiyas plus the eighth, the Kisei Kabbalah on top. And then in between each one of them is a space, an Avir, whatever that means. These are all uh, um, sort of metaphors, Mishalim. But there's a space in between each Rakiya, so if you add 8 plus 7, that's 15. That's another, that's another uh, representation of those 15 higher Amidot. And then you have uh, the 15 Shir Hamalot that David Melech wrote, and you have Lecha Hashem Agdullah, Vagvura, Vatferet, Vanetzaf, Ahod, Kichob Hashemayim, Varetz, 15 expressions. All of, the, all of these are of the same uh, Kabbalistic or mystical system of 15. So now there's a, I don't know what, whether, what, what to call this, but I guess a Midrash which we don't have anywhere, uh, but the Balei Tosafot bring this. Uh, the Datsa came, there's recently, in the past, I don't know, 50 or 100 years, there was a, a Pirush on Chumash known as Datsa Kenim. This was a, a collection of Pirushim from the Balei Tosafot. Uh, the, the, you know, the Balei Tosafot and the Gemara, they wrote Pirushim on the Chumash, and recently it's been collected. Um, the, this Pshat was also said by the Orchot Chaim, of Aaron Milonil in, in, in his Dine Brachot. He says, in Parashat Pikudei, uh, I should get a chumash to actually, to actually pull this out. It's, it says, so the Pasuk says, Ela Pikudei HaMishkan, Mishkan HaEidut. These are the reckonings of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of testimony, as the stone, uh, uh, what do you call it, translates. So why is it a, a, uh, a dut? Why is it a testimony? So Rashi says, Rashi says that it's an edut It is a testimony that Hashem forgave Bnei Yisrael for the sin of the Egel. For Hashem rested his shechina on the Jewish people. The Balei Tosafot say something else. They say that when they finished building the Mishkan, they took an accounting. They pulled out the accountants. They said, okay, where did all the money go? And they were missing 15 shgalim. And this is the words of the Balei Tosafot. It says that they were missing 15 shkalim and the people suspected Moshe Rabbeinu of stealing the 15 shkalim. Whatever that means. And this is the door they asked, so we can't really speak of them that way. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, recount. They recounted. And they found that those 15 shkalim were used to make the 15 vavim, the 15 hooks, vav, like a, like a hook. And... Those are made for the 15 hooks of the Amudim of the Mishkan, which held uh, the, 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 the drapes uh, on the beams. And when that happened, Moshe Rabbeinu said, I would like the Mishkan to be an Eidut, should be a, uh, a testimony for me that I'm a truthful person. And the Mishkan would be his witness. And the Baal say that the, when it says in the Pasuk, And the, the work was c- complete or sufficient. Vav plus hey, Veha Melacha Hayata plus Dalid Dayam equals 15. So Mashir Abenu at that moment gave a praise of 15, 
And what praise was that? He says it was the praise of the 15 praises of Yishtabach, the 15 praises of Baruch Shemar, and the 15 praises of Amet V'yatsiv. And those 15 vavs of Amet V'yatsiv represent those 15 hooks or those 15 kelim uh, uh, that were done in the Mishkan. All of this is not found anywhere else. I, I actually went to somebody in my yeshiva who, who knows a lot. And um, we, we, he did not know. And he actually went through Otzer HaChachma. The only two places we ever found this Midrash was in the Rechot Chaim and the, ba- the Balit HaSod. We couldn't find any other Pshat. So I'm at loss for exactly what the Midrash means, why it means it, and exactly what, what the Dordea was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, or why these Vavim are important. If, if you look in the, in the Shari Kavanot. In the Shara Kavanot of the Arizal, he speaks about why these 15 Bavim are important, but it's a highly Kabbalistic uh, system for what these represent and what kind of tikkun they accomplish. So now another feature of Emet V'yatsiv is that there's not just 15 Bavs, there's also six times it says the word Emet. Now I lied because the Sfaradim have it eight times. The, the Sfaradi, in the Sfaradi Sidor, we have four times it says the word Emet in Emet V'yatsiv, and then four times in Ezrat Botenu. The Ashkenazim, in their system, it has four in in Emet V'yatsiv and two in Ezrat Avotenu. So this is uh, aside for the the first one of Emet. So the, the Ashkenazim and the Hasidic Ashkenazim also, also count six. They count that they say there's six times Emet. And this is obviously, uh, what's the word, expected, because the number six and the number Vav and, and Teferet are all kind of the same theme. So that would be expected that there should be six Emet. But they also say that this six, these six times emet represents the six times that there are sofei tevot of emet in the parasha of Breshit. The parasha of Breshit says, uh, Breshit bara elokim et. Bara elokim, ep, bara elokim et has the sofei tevot of emet. Um, there's, if I remember, at the end of um, Asha bara elokim la'asot, also sofei tevot emet. All these, all these expressions in in the parasha Breshit end with the sofei tevot of the, the last letters of emet. So this these are six times that it says emet in this tefillah represent those six times in Briat Olam. Why? Because the entire world was created and founded upon emet on Hashem's uh, yichud and on Hashem's. Uh, yeah, it could be also the Otiot that created the world. Um, so now, I'm sorry, that Hashem created the world with. So the Zohar in Parashat V'yakel actually mentions this, this, uh, this idea that there's eight uh, times that we say Met V'yatsiv. And he, he apparently uh, sides with the, with the Sfaradi view that there's eight times Emet. And he says... To, to, to explain the Zohar, we have to give a little bit of introduction. So it is known that when Hashem, that when Bnei Israel went into Galut, it is said in the Midrashim that the Shekhinah went with them. That the Shekhinah went with Bnei Israel into Galut, and when, when Bnei Israel came out of Galut Mitzrayim, the Shekhinah came out with them. So when, the, the way the, the Zohar explains the, the Galut of Mitzrayim was that every Galut of the four major Galuts that we're going to have are designed to break us free from four different klipot. So there's, there are f- 
four major powers of uh, negative forces in the world. There are four major klipot, they're external negative forces which feed off of holy forces. And by the Yitziat Mitzrayim, we say, we say, v'hatzeti, v'hatzalti, v'lakachti, I don't remember all the, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking here, v'hatzeti, v'hatzalti, v'lakachti, there are four languages of, 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 of ge'ula, that we say by the say there every year. I'm sorry that I'm blinking. And each one of these four languages of Geula that happened at Itziat Mitzrayim were for to extricate us from another one of these klipot. So, according to the way the Zohar learns the Itziat Mitzrayim, by Itziat Mitzrayim there was a Geula happening then. Then there was a redemption happening then of the Shekhinah that enabled all future Geulot to happen. So. And at some level, at some mystical, there's some systematic level where there was a geula then, which allowed the Shekhinah to sort of be freed in order so that in all future generations, geula would be set up. Redemption would already mechanically be set up and B'nai Israel would be able to break free in the future from their future uh, galuts, from their future uh, imprisonments uh, of their souls and of the Shekhinah. So every time... Um, it says emet in the first times of the the fir, in the first four emets of of emet viatziv, a representative of these four geulot, these four redemptions that we had from Mitzrayim, and because we're studying uh, because emet viatziv is a praise for Yitzhak Mitzrayim, it says four times emet, and in the second part of Ezat it says four times emet again in order to seal it. And what does it mean to seal? To seal. So in the language of the Zohar, a seal is something which protects something from any external forces. Like we, we see this by Yom Kippur. Uh, if you've ever, the Zohar has a whole section on uh, on Chavitat uh, Arava. And he speaks about the, the incredibly complex uh, system, Yom Kippur. So... He, uh, I'll get to what I mean in a second. So he has an incredibly uh, complex system of what happens... Uh, it's not. It's just a magnificent system of what happens every year on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and how there's a certain amount of shefa which is judged to be in the world, and the five givurot, the the five aravot, represent the five givurot, which are five levels of chesed which are going to come down to the world, and so when we say chatimat tova at Yom Kippur, when we're waiting for when when we say chotmenu uh, b'sefer uh, achaim, we're using the language chatima. Because Kabbalistically, there's an element of sealing off that chesed and sealing off that shefa to make sure there's no external forces that could feed off of it because it's such a powerful force. And when that powerful force is transmitted to the lower worlds, Hashem doesn't want any external, <laughs> external negative forces feeding off of that extremely powerful uh, influence. And so a chatima... Uh, the, the second four emets are a chatima on the first four emets, and this entire section in the view of the Tsar is is of the tefillah. This entire section is a section of of um, preparing the shechinah, or preparing malchut for a yichud that's going to come in Shimona Esrei. So these are all kabbalistic meditative things, but there's going to be a yichud or a tikkun of malchut in Shimona Esrei by Sim Shalom, and this section of emet v'yatziv is preparing for that tikkun or that yichud. The mechanics of that again are not are beyond us. Lastly, uh, the the, la- the last thing I just wanted to mention was again something which is way out of scope. The halacha is the the halacha the minhag is that a person holds his tzitzit from arba kanfota aretz, right? He holds it through shema and you kiss it by shema. You pass it over your eyes. When you get to the to the words laad, 
forever you release them. And the reasons for this are, I, I tried to find the reason al piyap shat. I couldn't, I could not find a single reason al piyap shat. It's only discussed by the Kubalim. There's an incredibly complex reason why we do this. There's a certain point where the tikkun that the tzitzit accomplisher is finished and we have to release the tzitzit. So that's as much as I know, uh, but but the, the Mikualim do are the only ones who really understand why why we do this. There's a Kabbalistic reason for it. So now let's just go through the text and then Bezat Hashem will be done for tonight. We saw Emet V'yatsiv and Achon V'kayam, right and everlasting, Yashar V'naman V'ahu V'chaviv and beloved and dear, Nechmad V'naim, desirable and pleasant, V'norav V'adir and awesome and powerful, M'tukan and M'kubal, and established and accepted, and good and beautiful. Hadavar this thing upon us. So this thing could be uh is is Kriyat Shema. Um or the the beliefs of Kriyat Shema. It just reminded me of a story. Schwab said that he heard a lo- he read once, but he doesn't remember where. Or Schwab says that he read that during the time of the Holocaust when there were certain Jews, uh, many Jews were getting uh uh, taken away to be shot, there was a group of Jews then among them were some Rabbanim and the Rabbanim told them to, that before they died they should say Kriyat Shema and then say Emet V'yatsiv because of the power of this tefillah to say how much they believed in Hashem and the truth of Hashem and Hadavar HaZe'aleinu, the words of the Torah so Emet L'olam forever and forever, Emet Elokei Olam Malkeinu it is true that God of the world is our King right, this is Malchut, as the, as the Yushami said that we have to mention Malchut Tzri Yaakov Magenishenu yeah, I think I left that out on my list recently when I when I spoke about the the things that Yushami says that we have to that we have to mention. Yeah, one of them is Malchut. I'm sorry if I if I left that out. So, yeah, Emet Lokei Olam Yaakov, the Rock of Yaakov, Magen Ishenu, the Shield of Our Salvation. Lador Vador for every generation, Hu Kayam Ushmo Kayam, He endures and His name endures. How we relate to Him endures. V'Chison Achon and His throne is established. And his reign and his faithfulness endure forever. Kison Achon is something that is a topic we spoke about by Az Yashir, where Hashem's Malchut, Hashem's sovereignty on this world was established in a way which was far more um, concrete and, and relatable after Az after the, the episode of Kriyat Yamsuf. His words are alive and enduring. Trustworthy and desirable. So the simple understanding is that everything Hashem says, the words of the Torah, are constantly alive. Every day we learn them and they, they pulsate Hashem's divinity, Hashem's uh, essence through the world. There's a radiance of Hashem, let's say. That Hashem, Hashem can... Uh, every word of the Torah brings life to the world. Another way to explain this is that Varav, His words are Chaim, refers to the angels. That when Hashem speaks His will... His will become functions, and those functions have a, have an element of life to them. They carry their own independent existence and awareness, and those would be malachim. On our fathers, our, on ourselves, on our children, and on all future generations. There's different orders. If you look in the different nuschaot, some say aleinu v'avotenu. Some say, everyone has a different order. And all the future generations, and the descendants of bnei Yisrael, your servants, al harishonim v'alacharonim. For the earlier and the later generations, davar tovekayam, be'emet ve'munah, it is a good and, tr- and everlasting thing with truth and faithfulness. Chok avar, and they loosely translate a chok avar as an immutable law. Emet, it is true that you are Hashem, 
the Hashem our God and the God of our forefathers, Malkenu Melech Avotenu, our King and the King of our forefathers, Goalenu Goal Avotenu, our Redeemer, the Redeemer of our forefathers, Yotzenu Yotzuri Shuatenu, He who formed us in the rack of our salvation. There's also different Kersaot here. Some say Yotzer, some say Tzur, Rak, Podenu Atzlenu, our Redeemer and our Rescuer, Meolam Hu Shemecha, Ve'en Lanu, has been your name always. We have no other God but you, Selah. It finishes with the word Selah. In Aragirsa, it finishes with the word Selah. So next week we'll continue Bezrat Hashem with the uh, paragraph of Ezrat Avotenu.